0: Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved Spouse. Why did Jesus transfigure before Peter, James, and John? Why did He allow them for a moment to see a glimpse of His glory? of his true identity, to allow his divinity to, in a sense, shine forth. To answer that question, we have to know a little bit more about the context in which this event took place. And that's just a general rule. When reading the Bible, when trying to understand the events of the Scriptures, we have to read them in context. It's always good to read right before, right after, to see uh, what's happening. And in Matthew's Gospel, this chapter 17, it begins, they didn't include it in the lectionary, but if you were to go look at it in your Bible, it would say, And six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain. Well, we could ask ourselves, what took place six days earlier? Because Matthew is connecting the transfiguration with what happened six days before. And six days before, Jesus and the apostles were in Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus asked them, who do men say that I am? And they gave various answers. And then he said, well, who do you say that I am? That's when Peter responded, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus went on to say, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. But then after that, Matthew tells us that Jesus began to reveal to the apostles that he would go to Jerusalem, and there he would suffer greatly. He would be killed, and on the third day he would rise. And the apostles were confused by this. And Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him, or at least he tried to. And Peter said, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall happen to you. That's when Jesus told Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me because you're thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And that's true. As human beings, we have a natural aversion to suffering. And that's reasonable because suffering in and of itself is not good. But in God's mysterious wisdom and in his plan for our redemption, He willed that it would be through suffering that we would be redeemed. Not suffering in and of itself, but suffering embraced out of love. It was the love that Jesus had for his Father and for us that he was willing to undergo his passion. And so to, in a sense, encourage them after having revealed the necessity of the passion, Jesus takes them up the high mountain and reveals his glory so that after the fact, they would look back and know that, okay, he told us this would happen. He revealed to us a glimpse of his glory so that we could know he truly is divine. And Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody this until after the Son of Man has risen from the dead because then it will begin to make sense. And as human beings, we're kind of like Peter, who as he is on the mountain, he sees Jesus' glory. He says, Lord, it's good that we are here. Let's build three tents and let's stay. And that can often be our attitude. We, we like it when things are good. As I said, we don't like suffering. But the Christian life will always include both a share in Jesus' passion and a share in His Resurrection. We can't have one without the other. We have to take up our cross and follow our Lord. And as we heard in the second reading, we have to bear our share of hardship for the Gospel. And at different times in our life, we might relate more with the Passion or more with the Transfiguration or the Resurrection. And we go through these periods, these cycles, and the church and the saints, in their wisdom, have developed a way of understanding uh, why this happens. I'll just say a, a brief word about that. The wisdom of the saints reveals to us that there are periods in our life where we experience what, what's called consolation, and we've all experienced this, where prayer is really fruitful and enriching, and we're excited about our faith, and we see God's presence in our life. Right? And our faith, in a sense, is easy. And we enjoy it, and we want to go deeper. But we also know that it's not always like that. We also experience times of what the church calls desolation, where things are dry and dark and hard, and we feel like we're carrying our cross, and we, we don't sense God in our life. And, It can be difficult to persevere. And that's normal. It's normal to have those periods in our life of desolation, of where we're carrying our cross. And it's also normal because God in his mercy gives us periods of consolation where we experience more of the glory of the transfiguration, the resurrection. But we will always have both in this life. But wherever we're at, whatever we might be experiencing, in both of those kind of periods of life, God is always calling us to draw closer to Him. He's always calling us to grow in our love. But it's really helpful for us to know where we're at and how to respond. I want to recommend a book to you that I just finished reading that I think is just a great, simple presentation of these truths. It's called Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. And I'll I'll send out the title. Uh, We'll get it in the bulletin, I'll put it in Remind. But Saint Ignatius of Loyola was a, a 17th century priest. He's one of the great doctors of the church. And he developed a system called the Discernment of Spirits that can help us know where we're at in our faith and how to properly respond and grow whether we're in consolation or desolation, because it's normal to go back and forth between the two. And it's a short book. It's only like 100 pages, uh, and I highly recommend it to you. Because Christ calls us to follow after Him, and that will always include our share of the cross. But by carrying the cross faithfully after our Lord, he will lead us to the mountain of transfiguration where we can experience a taste of his glory. And he will lead us to the resurrection of eternal life.